Uh, good evening, everyone, and happy Christmas to you all. It's great to be with you today. And if we haven't met before, my name is Robin, and it's, um, I just think, great work, guys, for getting here in the pouring rain on Christmas Eve. Hope you've all ready and prepared for tomorrow, and uh, I'm certainly not. Still some time left. Let's pray, and we'll look at God's Word together. Uh, Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this chance to come together this Christmas uh, Lord, we pray that as we uh, consider your word this evening, that you would give us joy and peace and that we would understand you, that we would understand the truth that's in front of us. And we do pray that you might bless us in this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Christmas is a time for memories, wouldn't you agree? Christmas is a time for making memories. And I wonder whether you've noticed how often we repeat the same things at Christmas every year. The same tree gets pulled out. The same food ends up on the table. The same carols are sung. Sometimes you get the same sermon. At least it feels like it sometimes, doesn't it? Even for me. Sometimes I've also, if I'm honest, I've even used the same present again if it wasn't used in the previous year. You know, you've got to use it or it's going to get re-gifted. Now, sameness when it comes to Christmas time might seem a bit boring. But I want to say to you that I think sometimes this sameness is a good thing. It is the repetition of doing things the same that binds our families together at Christmas time. It kind of coalesces over years into a melted tinsel amalgam of happy memories. I like the repetition of Christmas. I like the sameness of it. And I have many wonderful Christmas memories as a result of it. And I wonder what are your main kind of Christmas memories? Is it, you know, time with family? Is that a memory that you have made over the years? Maybe it's wearing those silly hats which are inflicted upon me every year and perhaps on you as well. Maybe your happiest memories are the presents that you've received over time. What are your Christmas memories? Well, I have to say that one of the things that I like most is getting presents at Christmas. Do you guys letting getting presents at Christmas? Well, I do, so if you don't like yours, just give them to me, okay? That would be a nice way to to make this work. But it still amazes me how often um, a a pack of wrapped undies can look like a computer game under the tree. And uh, as I thought about this, it it occurred to me that that's probably the reason why they wrap Christmas presents, because it it just delays the disappointment a little bit longer. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, I love that I have Christmas memories that stretch back far back into the years previously, and I'm sure you do as well. What's your earliest Christmas memory? If you could go back in time all the way, what's your earliest, happiest Christmas memory? For me, it would be the kind of threadbare green carpet that we had in our house growing up and this kind of spindly forest green Christmas tree that we would put out every year. And I can still remember it sitting there in the lounge room. And then as Christmas Eve approached, we would put food out for Santa and his reindeers. Anyone else do that? A few of you. you got to feed them. you got to feed them. And we put out the carrots for the reindeer. That's what we did at our house. And for the big guy, we used to put plain old arrowroot biscuits out for him. Uh, now I think about it, maybe that explains all those undies I got as a result. <laughs> Could have done a bit better. But happy memories, right? But even as we think back over the years to all those Christmas memories that we've collected over the time, we know that our memories can only stretch back so far. We can only go back a few years, maybe a few decades, and then our memories start to get 
a little bit hazy until we just can't go back any further at all. There are limitations on us, aren't there? There are limitations on our memories. And those limits are just another reminder that we all began at a time and a place. And before that, we didn't even exist at all. But there is a key in the Christmas story that unlocks this prison of time. Now, many of us know the story of Christmas and we've just sung about it. It's a story about celebrating the birth of a very special baby named Jesus. Now, of course, all babies are special. You were a special baby once as well. But Jesus is not just special, he's unique. Not only because he is one of us, but because his timeline goes back and back and back and back into forever. Jesus is everlasting and that's what makes him so different to you and I. And I want to show you this today from the Gospel of John, that Jesus is everlasting and his timeline goes back forever. And we're going to talk about why that matters. So first of all, Jesus is everlasting. Now, many centuries ago, most people who lived, including the great philosophers of the day, like Aristotle, they thought that the universe made up of all the kind of things that we see around us today, they thought that the universe had always existed. Go back in time and the universe is there. Keep going back in time and the universe is still there. They thought that the universe had always existed. But Christians thought that they were wrong. They insisted instead that the universe actually had a beginning, a moment when it was created, which meant that if you could go back far enough in time, you would find the moment when the universe, as we know it, began. Now, Christians got that idea from the Bible. So, for example, if you turn to the very opening page of the Bible in the book of Genesis, we're told that in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth, that God made it. So, before the universe, there was God, and God made everything that we see. But at the time, not many people took notice of what these Christians were saying. However, in recent centuries, science has caught up. Observations of the universe around us show that it continues to expand, and that means that it began at a specific point in time, known to many of us as the Big Bang. But what was there before that? And what made the Big Bang happen? For Christians, the Bible provides the answer for that as well. God is the answer. God is the creative cause of creation. That means that everything that we see around us, everything that we see around us has a cause. Those presents under the Christmas tree, they had a cause. The food that made its way to the shops, that had a cause as well. The position of the earth in the universe, well, that's got a cause too. Everything has a cause. Go back far enough in time and you get to God, who is the cause of everything that exists. This is the Bible's opening message we read on the very first page. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So what does this have to do with Christmas? Everything. Because Jesus, whose birth we celebrate, well, he's no ordinary baby. Now, many of us are familiar with the story of Jesus. We remember how Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem. We remember how they struggled to find a place to stay because there was no Airbnb in Bethlehem. We remember how Jesus was born and that his little cradle was a manger. We remember the shepherds on the hills who were confronted by angels and then they rushed to be at the side of Jesus. 
That's the story of Christmas that we know and love. It's a great story. It's impressive. But there was something different about this baby. The Bible insists that this baby who was born is God himself come into the world. And because he is God, it means that he, that is Jesus, existed before the universe was created. It means he existed before he was born or even conceived. This is what we read in the Gospel of John. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, one of the keys to understanding the Gospel of John is that when it's speaking about the Word, it's using it as a title to refer to Jesus. So every time we hear the Word being spoken of, it's referring to Jesus. And the reason we know that comes from verse 14. So in verse 14, it says that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The little baby born in Bethlehem is the Word of God Himself. So what this is telling us is that something called the Word at a specific point in time became a human being. And we know from verse 1 that this something was the Word and this Word was God. And this tells us that when Jesus was born, God became a human. And this person who became human existed forever before creation. In other words, this little baby born in Bethlehem had a history that began much, much, much earlier than time itself. Now, with that kind of unique story, you might expect, and you'd be right, that Jesus would grow up to do extraordinary things. And of course, that's true. As we read through the story of Jesus through the, the, the other Gospels, we, we see many extraordinary things that Jesus got to do. But even before he was born, the extraordinary things that he did is evidenced to us. Because in verse 3 here, we're told that everything in the universe was made because of him. Through him, all things were made, it says. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Notice just how it's written. Through him, that's Jesus, the word, all things were made which means that anything that you see around you that is a thing, it exists because of him. And to make doubly sure we understand this, we're told that without him, nothing was made that has been made. In other words, there is nothing that we can find in the universe that Jesus himself is not responsible for. I wonder if that might change a little the way that you open up your Christmas presents under the tree tomorrow. Should all our Christmas tags really have from Jesus on it? I mean, really? The ultimate cause of all things? It's there ultimately because of Him. I wonder if it might change the way which we go on holidays. You know, those pretty mountain views. Thanks, Jesus. Those uh, summer by the beach. Wouldn't that be nice right now, actually, looking outside? Thanks, Jesus. That'd be nice. Traffic jams on the highway. I guess we can thank Him for that too. But even you... And me, us, our very existence, we exist because of him. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder if this is just something new for you to think about and contemplate this Christmas. Open your eyes, the eyes that he made, 
and see your hands, the hands he made, the cells in your skin, the, those molecules that, that knit you together, that give you the opportunity to do all the things that you do, the, to think, to laugh, to love, to breathe, to smile, to, to snooze by the beach, all the different things that we get to do, that's because of him. He's really not just any baby. He is eternal and is everlastingly responsible for our existence. See, the miracle of Christmas is not that we have God who made us, but rather that the one who is everlasting became one of us. This is the central truth of Christmas, that in Jesus, God became one of us. We notice as well here that Jesus truly is one of us. As it says in verse 14, it says here that the word became flesh. Now, when the Bible uses the word flesh here, it means human. It means to have a body. And it doesn't mean that God kind of like changed into a human being, you know, as if on Christmas Eve he's God and then on Christmas Day he turns into a human like a, like a spiritual shapeshifter. Now, what it's saying is that God added the properties of being human to his divine personhood, which means that God experiences everything that we experience. Jesus is God and human, truly one of us. Which means as well that the moment of God becoming one of us is what we now know as the incarnation. Some of you would have heard that word before. The incarnation is the pathway that God took so that we might have a relationship with him forever. I think it's truly amazing to think about that God, our creator, did not just simply observe us at a distance as his creation, the way an artist does to a painting, but that he connects and ties himself to us in such a way that he becomes one of us and in so doing ensures that us as his creation will never slip away from him. Our connection to us and God will be there forever. It's a small sign, I think, for us that even when we find life difficult, maybe remembering that God was truly with us might give us hope in the hard times as well. God has entered the room. He became one of us. This is what we remember at Christmas, and it reminds us that everything is going to be okay. Now, just because God became one of us doesn't mean as well that God is now limited like we are. <laughs> it's not as if Jesus is not God anymore. Now, God has taken him, ourself into himself. It's quite the revolution in the history of God, if you think about it. And only God could do that. Only God in his supreme glory and power and infinite freedom could do that. God became a human being. But the other thing for us to know is that it can't go in reverse. No matter how hard we try, it can't go in reverse. We can't become God. I think, I think, though, that for many people, we live in a world and we act in the world as if we are, in fact, God. We make up our own rules. I think many of us live as if God does not exist, as if we are God. We don't pay attention to the true God and we live life our own way as if God is never even around. But that's a fool's errand. We can't become God. We were made to worship him. But God can and did become one of us. Well, that's pretty impressive. That's a pretty impressive thing for a glorious 
and powerful and free God to do. Come into the creation, experience what we experience. That's a great part of Christmas to remember. But if you're anything like me, perhaps you might even begin to be asking the question, why? Why would God do that? Why would he choose to come to this earth and enter into his own creation? Well, he did that so that we can be with him forever, so that we can become his children, not just human children, but children of God. And it actually tells us this in John chapter 1 as well. It's all right there in front of us, the meaning of Christmas, it's right there. John chapter 1 verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. See, there is a way for us to find a new connection and a new relationship with the one who is from everlasting. There is a way for us to transcend the limitations of our earthly existence and find immortality. There is a way for us to not be just known as a child in our family, but to be known as a child of God. But there is something that we need to do to experience that. It tells us. It's not a secret. It tells us. We need to believe in His name, the name of Jesus. Do that, and we can become children of God. This truly is where the Christmas story has to hit home for us, doesn't it? See, if we're going to understand the meaning of Christmas, if we're going to just unwrap the message of Christmas, then we need to remember that it's far more than just remembering Jesus. It's far more than just coming to church, as nice as our new church is. It's far more than singing Christmas carols. It's far more than watching Christmas lights. Those things are wonderful, but they, on their own, will not bring you into eternal life. Immortality will not be found there. It is found instead by believing in Him. And so this Christmas, I just want to ask you if it's okay, have you made this decision? To transcend the limitations of your earthly memories and become a child of God by believing in Jesus' name. Friends, many of us are going to be opening Christmas presents soon, right after we wrap them first. And uh, we're going to do that with our families all around us. Hopefully there'll be a Christmas tree, and I hope there's something nice there for you too. Come on, you socks, let's get that this year. But don't miss this. Don't miss this gift that God is offering to us. The greatest gift of all that God is offering to each one of us to come into his family, to be embraced as his child and to have life forever. So make a commitment this evening to believe in Jesus' name and keep believing in him. Let's pray. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, you are from everlasting and in your great mercy you sent to us your Son who is eternal in himself and Lord, we worship you. Father, we celebrate all your goodness to us. Lord, may the message of Christmas continue to amaze us. The same message of Christmas, may it continue to amaze us year after year after year that you, the everlasting Lord, came to us so that by believing in Jesus, we too might become your children and have life forever in his name. May that message never get old, never get boring. May we always appreciate it and may it define who we are. 
And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.